0: Chapter Six of the Revolt of the Angels. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Revolt of the Angels by Anatole France, translated by Mrs. Wilfred Jackson. Chapter Six, wherein Pere Sariette discovers his missing treasures. Next morning, Monsieur Sariette entered Monsieur Rene de study without knocking. He raised his arms to the heavens, his few hairs were standing straight up on his head. His eyes were big with terror. In husky tones he stammered out the dreadful news. A very old manuscript of Flavius Josephus, sixty volumes of all sizes, a priceless jewel, namely a lucretius adorned with the arms of Philippe de Vendôme, grand prior of France, with notes in voltaire's own hand a manuscript of richard simon and a set of jacendi's correspondence with gabriel naudet comprising two hundred and thirty-eight unpublished letters had disappeared this time the owner of the library was alarmed he mounted in haste to the abode of the philosophers and the globes and there with his own eyes confirmed the magnitude of the disaster. There were yawning gaps on many a shelf. He searched here and there, opened cupboards, dragged out brooms, dusters, and fire extinguishers, rattled the shovel in the coke fire, shook out Monsieur Sariette's best frock coat that was hanging in the cloakroom, and then stood and gazed disconsolately at the empty places left by the Jacendi portfolios. For the past half-century the whole learned world had been loudly clamoring for the publication of this correspondence. M. René de Parvieu had not responded to the universal desire, unwilling either to assume so heavy a task or to resign it to others. Having found such boldness of thought in these letters, and many passages of more libertine tendency than the piety of the twentieth century could endure he preferred that they should remain unpublished but he felt himself responsible for their safekeeping not only to his country but to the whole civilized world how can you have allowed yourself to be robbed of such a treasure he asked severely of monsieur Sariette how can i have allowed myself to be robbed of such a treasure repeated the unhappy librarian monsieur if you opened my breast you would find that question engraved upon my heart unmoved by this powerful utterance monsieur Desparvieux continued with pent-up fury and you have discovered no single sign that would put you on the track of the thief monsieur you have no suspicion not the faintest idea of the way these things have come to pass you have seen nothing heard nothing noticed nothing learnt nothing you must grant this is unbelievable think monsieur sariette think of the possible consequences of this unheard-of theft committed under your eyes a document of inestimable value in the history of the human mind disappears who has stolen it why has it been stolen who will gain by it those who have got possession of it doubtless know that they will be unable to dispose of it in france they will go and sell it in america or germany germany is greedy for such literary monuments Should the correspondence of Gessendi with Gabriel Naudet go over to Berlin, if it is published there by German savants, what a disaster! Nay, what a scandal! Monsieur Sariette, have you not thought of that? Beneath the stroke of an accusation, all the more cruel in that he brought it against himself, Monsieur Sariette stood stupefied and was silent and monsieur d'esparvieu continued to overwhelm him with bitter reproaches and you make no effort you devise nothing to find these inestimable treasures make enquiries bestir yourself monsieur sariette use your wits it is well worth while and monsieur d'esparvieu went out throwing an icy glance at his librarian Monsieur Sariette sought the lost books and manuscripts in every spot where he had already sought them a hundred times, and where they could not possibly be. He even looked in the coat box and under the leather seat of his armchair. When midday struck, he mechanically went downstairs. At the foot of the stairs he met his old pupil, Maurice, with whom he exchanged a bow but he only saw men and things as through a mist the broken-hearted curator had already reached the hall when maurice called him back monsieur sariette while i think of it do have the books removed that are choking up my garden house what books maurice i could not tell you monsieur sariette but there are some in hebrew all worn-eaten with a whole heap of old papers. They are in my way. You can't turn round in the passage. Who took them there? I'm bothered if I know. And the young man rushed off to the dining room, the luncheon gong having sounded quite a minute ago. Monsieur Sariette tore away to the summer house. Maurice had spoken the truth, About a hundred volumes were there on tables, on chairs, even on the floor. When he saw them, he was divided betwixt joy and fear, filled with amazement and anxiety. Happy in the finding of his lost treasure, dreading to lose it again, and completely overwhelmed with astonishment, the man of books alternately babbled like an infant and uttered the hoarse cries of a maniac. He recognized his Hebrew Bibles, his ancient Talmuds, his very old manuscript of Flavius Josephus, his portfolios of Gicendi's letters to Gabriel Naudet, and his richest jewel of all, to wit, Lucretius adorned with the arms of the Grand Prior of France, and with notes in Voltaire's own hand. He laughed, he cried. He kissed the morocco, the calf, the parchment and vellum, even the wooden board studded with nails. As fast as Hippolyte, the manservant, returned with an armful to the library, Monsieur Sariette, with a trembling hand, restored them piously to their places. End of chapter 6